you could you could basically give it a snippet of audio and then it could just just use a like the best mimic ever yeah and then basically you know give it whatever five minutes i don't remember the numbers but give it five minutes of audio and then and then you could just feed it a script and it would just do it you know it would just it would it would make the audio for you yeah well i mean next time colson is out we can just insert him into the show yeah we could do that or i mean permanently (laughs) (laughs) yeah how much is this app what's the well then i was thinking like boy then you'd have to write everything down but then we could just use chat gpt for that right like Mm -hmm. spit me out a summary of the week you know some analysis for the week of basketball for the pacers feed it into the next one and then i'll be i'll Go to the yeah, bank. We could, we, I, you could replace me pretty easy. Uh, Colson might be a little bit more difficult to replace, but um, I, I don't even know. He wouldn't notice we were gone. No, there's just a slider for wacky, and you just turn it ah, on. Okay. <laughs> it's just a knob for that. Just Yeah. Yeah, for us, it's like right in the middle, but he's he's on the... They, we turn it up to 11, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, just prepare to... Uh, Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch goodness. Welcome Pacers fans, you were listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 630. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials. This show, we're going to discuss the signing of Miles Turner. NBA All-Star, stats of stats of the week, probably just one, stat of the week. <laughs> uh, and joining me this show are two of our three analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the high school home of Jameson Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up? Unbeatable shout out to the majestic groundhog. Kudos to you, sir. On this day of yours, hopefully you see or don't see your shadow, whichever makes winter shorter. Yeah, yeah. It's not been awful here. It's just been, it's been, you know, up in the 30s and 40s, and it's not quite nice enough to, like, go out and, and you know, have a, uh, a long time outside, but it's, uh, I'm ready for spring is what I'm saying. Mm. Fair enough. From Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What's going on, fellas? Shout out Bill Murray. I haven't seen Groundhog Day in forever. Time for a rewatch. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Bill Murray. Before we get into the show, we'd like to remind listeners that they can support us, the longest-running Pacers podcast, 
by heading over to patreon.com slash undebeatables. And you can support us for as little as a dollar per month. All right, team. We talked about it in the Tuesday show, or the Monday show. But uh, Miles Turner is officially re-signed for the Pacers. We get two more years uh, on on the books. He got some extra money for this season at the expense of his teammates, which <laughs> can't cause any problems. <laughs> but he's going to be a Pacer, you know, for for the you know the foreseeable future because I can't see out past two years. Um, <laughs> Good point. And I think it's it, it's great news. I'm excited about this. Um, I think that uh, there's going to be stability. We've got a good young core. We have a bright future, and I'm excited about this. Jason, um, what do you think this means for the team as a whole? Like, and I don't kind of don't care about this season. I mean, going forward. Well, I I do care about this season, Jason. Okay, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna start. I think it changes significantly the list of what the team wants to do um, for this season. And, you know, changes them from being potential sellers at the line um, to try to pick up more assets for future roster building to potentially becoming buyers. And then the, the next question becomes, well, what do you want to buy? You, you know, the Pacers have a fair amount of assets. The combination of young players and draft picks, be it their own or others that they've accumulated, um, over the years, like I think we have three first round draft picks this year, including our own. So, do you want to deal those to try to get um, some talent? You know, plug a hole on this roster, maybe get some more veteran leadership to push these guys, you know, to hopefully get some decent playoff experience. I, it would be the goal. I mean, I don't think even if we picked up a significant player that we'd be <laughs> contending for the title or anything like that or even a deep play but it'd be nice to get into the playoffs and noise and let let these young guys see what it's like and give them a taste i guess um you know the the name that has been brought up before uh by colson is Bojan bogdanovich you know the the raptors or not the raptors the pistons heard, um you know just before the season and is clearly on the trade block, but it sounds like they're asking unprotected first round draft pick. And is that something you'd be willing to give up if you're the Pacers to go after him? Harper, what are your, your thoughts? That one specifically and in general, what the Pacers should do. Uh, so, I mean, I guess an answer to Boyan Bogdanovich, I've never been as high on that trade as, as Colson always has been. I love Boyan. He's a really good player. I just, my needs are so concentrated at four <laughs> that, um, you know, I, I think he's productive, but I'd like to see where the Duarte experiment goes uh, before mm. I before I trade for a, you know, a three. I, you can, I, you know, you, you can definitely play Boyan at four in small lineups, but the older he gets, you know, the more wear and tear that's going to create in the low post. I just, you know, I, as, as a long-term move, um, you know, I don't, I don't love that. You know, I'd love to see us be able to get, you know, John Collins or OG Ananobi, but the it, the word on the street is that OG is already 
uh, garnered three first round picks and they've turned down that offer as an offer. Uh, so I don't know if we've got what they want at this point. His, his draft or his trade stock seems to be super duper high. Uh, just, um, for a little background here this year, uh, we've got our own draft pick. We've got, uh, the Celtics first rounder, which is top 12 protected and the Cavaliers first rounder, which is top 14 protective, uh, and two second rounders. Um, so that's not nothing. Uh, and also shout out to Tankathon, uh, who are always good and currently actually have us um, at eighth, which would be a pretty good, pretty good place to be. Mm-hmm. Mm. Maybe Wemba Yamba will fall. <laughs> or, I mean, from the eight spot, you've got a 6% chance to just grab, nab the number one overall. Okay. Right? It's not, uh, no, it's not outlandish. I agree that, you know, the Miles Turner signing does change the, the complexion of expectations for this team. And this year, the combination of Matherin, Halliburton, and Turner have been excellent. Uh, when you've got those three guys on the floor together, um, they're plus 14 and a half net rating. Uh, they've played 321 minutes together. Uh, and the games that they've played together where they're all available, they're, the team is 20 and 14 versus our 24 and 28 currently. Um, so it's clear that these three guys play play well together. And this team is really good. You know, I you can't expect uh, a net fifteen when these three guys are on the floor forever. I mean, obviously that's not sustainable, but it it, it does suggest how good these guys can be. Uh, once Halliburton comes back, we're probably going to win a bunch of games, you know, and we're probably going to fall in the tankathon. We're 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 just stuck in no man's land. I, I agree, we're probably buyers. I just you know, if we're going to do it, it for me it, it just it feels like it should be a long term fit. I and I don't see Boyan as a long term solution for this team yeah i mean i think i'm probably pretty close to you on this one i think he's a fantastic player but i think he's a good contributing player and i I mean i think i mean our team's young you know Uh now and you know and he's i mean i think he's a guy who can contribute today and for the next you know you know couple years but i mean i I don't also don't know that his I mean, you look at the, the, the style that this team plays, like they just run and like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't, I don't really get that sense that from him, you know, and I watch a lot of games that like, I mean, he's just not, I mean, he's not, not as fleet of foot as maybe right. uh, he once was, was say and he, that wasn't super fast. <laughs> I was going to say he's not an elite athlete, but if he is, cause he's in the NBA, but like, right. but yeah. And yeah, right. He's not as fleet of foot as you know, Halliburton and, and Matherin and these guys that are just, you know, trucking up the floor. Um, I mean, he's, he, you know, he, he, he runs, he finishes, you know, at the, mm. at the, at the basket. Hell of a sniper. Yeah, no, he does a lot of good things, but I mean, you know, I think that he, I think at the team that he was on, the Pacers team that he was on previously was a better fit for him yeah. then, than the, than this team that we have now. And I mean, there's, I mean, Miles Turner is probably the only thing that's the same. You know? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I mean, I think your analysis, Jason, is 100% correct that, you know, he would make our team better, but not deep playoff run better. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've either, in my mind, you know, got to get 
a good young prospect that you think can contribute over the long term, or you've got to get somebody who gets you into, you know, second round sort of territory. And I, I just I don't think Boyan's quite that. Much as I much as I love him as a player. And what he did for the Pacers first time around. He'd be uh, for sure top ten on Colson's list if he came back, right? That's like automatic. Indeed. Yeah. Plus but hitting he, a huge playoff three. Like oh, yeah. that's just uh Yeah. Instant. You're like a, it's like you know, hit getting five hundred homers. Yeah, so it sounds like both of you guys are uh, thinking about the Pacers' trajectory as still sort of one of development and building, right? So, like, the if we're buyers at this trade deadline, um, it's going to be in the realm of getting young pieces along the same timeline slash trajectory as, you know, our key pieces, you know, Halliburton, Matherin, uh whoever else the young guys are nimhard i guess jackson mm-hmm. those guys that's where you're thinking okay yeah i mean very much and you know the thinking is really twofold on that i mean not only you know is there no need to be selling you know future success for getting to the second round this year right but also being in a small market i'm just I, you know I'm, I'm constantly struggling with how to keep those teams together right and i think one of the only sure good bets about how to do that is create a young core of guys who are close in age, who really like each other, who are willing to resign ultimately for less money, right? Because that's going to be the situation that we find ourselves in if we have mm-hmm. enough talent to truly compete for a championship, right? Because we're not going to, we're going to have to do it by committee, right? Unless, mm-hmm. you know, a Wimbenyana winds up in our lap somehow. So, right. you know, having that core of young guys and, a culture that they will, you know, they'll, I mean, they'll be effectively paying money to be a part of at that point, right? By leaving money on the table in their contract negotiations with other teams. Um, you know, that that's the road that I see to getting us to a championship. Um, and it's just hard for me to envision a different road. So paying a bunch of money for an older guy, much as, you know, I, I, I love Boyan Bogdanovich. It doesn't further that particular vision of the future. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, that being said, Boyan's not crazy expensive. I think he's 20 mil for this year and each of the next two. Um, but it is, yeah, it's not an insignificant amount of money, for sure. But, uh, but I mean, you know, we have the money, but if you're going to be using assets to get him, that's where I think we're, we're right, losing right, opportunity right. cost. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think that, you know, the Pacers have are in a unique situation, even if we don't end up with a top four pick or something like this, like having three first round draft picks in this draft, um, gives you either three bites at the apple, right. To, to get the, fill the holes that you think you have in your roster or, you know, facilitate draft day trades to then do that when maybe there's more, uh, pieces that you like out there you know, willing to be shuffled around in the off season kind of. Yeah. All right. Moving up in the draft order in a draft like this is, is no small thing. Yeah. That too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if somebody's on the board and we really like them, you know, this is, um, 
it's a big deal. We put ourselves in a really good position, right? I mean, I, I, I truly do feel like we're so far ahead of, you know, where we could have rightfully expected to be following trading Sabonis and blowing up yes. our team mid-season. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, this is uh, an enviable position for GM to find to find themselves in. So, And as we discussed, I think, last week, what these guys are great at is, you know, trade and draft execution, right? This This is their wheelhouse. So I I do have a lot of faith that they'll be able to to make a lot out of what we've been gifted here. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Yeah, exactly. Rosaries, what something, everything. (laughs) Just, uh, I'll take one of each, yeah. (laughs) Save us, baby Jesus. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, I mean, I guess, you know, this was this conversation really, you know, started with uh, with Turner. Um, you know, one thing that I, I, you know, wondered about, and I don't know if you guys have seen anything. The extension, does does that affect the tradability of him? It, you know, I guess I, I, I'm like, oh, this is I'm excited because we resigned the guy that I liked. Um, can we just turn around and <laughs> trade him anyway? No, we can't. We There's a year moratorium. Okay. Um, trading him i think good but like, like, i mean once yeah. that year's up he's i mean it's a great contract right i mean that's the beauty of the this deal right is it's still a very flippable yeah <laughs> contract now yeah. that i'm already thinking about trading miles turner but <laughs> you know we worried about great honeymoon um, three hours yeah right well i mean you know harper you expressed i think a validated uh worry about guys excelling in contract years and then what you don't want to be left holding the bag two years from now if that guy Mm -hmm. comes back to earth and then you have a deal that's very very difficult to move you know you maybe have to attach first round draft picks to it to get it off your books right like that is we can want to be in right and the pacers are not in that situation i think i think it's still a very uh movable deal if needed hopefully it's not even needed yeah but but uh, you know we're gonna be right back where we are right now in two years right heading into the trade deadline and in 2025 um you know trying to figure out if we can sign them to an extension uh or whether we need to trade them and lose them for nothing and and that's just that's going to be the world that we're in um and that's going to be even more difficult territory to to figure out because the market will be so in flux following what is sure to be, you know, a huge, a huge win for the NBA in terms of TV contract money. So, um, well, and I wonder if even at that point, like the, the relative pain of letting him walk away with out of return is lessened because a $20 million against your cap is like going to be proportionally less uh money so it'd be like the equivalent of i mean i have no idea but like letting a 10 million dollar player walk away or something like that right which is you don't hear a lot of consternation <laughs> about yeah. those types of situations you know so i, I mean it's going to be tough if miles turner ends up playing in another jersey no matter what just because of For sure. how long he's been with this team and uh, you know yeah. what, what a great part of the community he's been he's he's a really cool guy um you know it will be interesting to see what, you know, next year especially it looks like for him. Um, there was an uptick this year, right? I mean, he's, you know, career high in rebounds, career high in points. 
Um, but if I'd have told you two years ago that we were going to trade Demonis Sabonis and give Miles Turner the front court, and the uptick was going to be like a point and less than a rebound, um, I, I don't think I would have blown your socks off with that either, right? So uh, I, I just I think there's still a lot of room for improvement for Miles um, over the sure. next couple of years, and and I'm actually excited to see where that goes as he grows more and more comfortable with his role here. Yeah, and I think importantly, like, you know, you talked about style of play, Joey, and how Bogdanovich doesn't exactly get up and down the floor. Like, our style of play now is not suited to maximize Turner's, you know, elite skill, which is playing yeah. defense and blocking shots, right? It's maximized like, for Isaiah Jackson. Right, exactly. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how over the next couple of years, you know, that the franchise has made this investment in Miles Turner, how they try to maximize his talent, right? And I think that that includes getting away from trying to outscore people 130 to 120 and more like, let's play some a little bit more ball control, a little bit more defense. And, yeah, at least situationally, right? Like it's fun, yeah. it's fine to get up and down the floor for 42 minutes, right? But in right. in a, in a quarters and a halves, certainly in the games, right? You you want right. to have the ability. You you gotta have that tool in your bag to grind it to out. To get stops, get yeah. stops, and, and and get buckets against set defenses too, right? Um, yeah. You know, I just it, 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 he's been so steady, right? I don't think he's a guy who's on a contract year bump. Like I just that's not what it is. He's just he is who he is. I think you know everything that other guys were saying about him going into this was that his confidence is as high as it's ever been, which is great. I mean, he is, he's playing really good ball. Um, he fits in well. I, I, I'm, I'm super excited uh, mm-hmm. that we were able to pull this off. I, I just, I, in my head, he was gone, right? Since last mm-hmm. year in my head, he was gone. And no, that's a good point. It's just, it, it, it's awesome that he's still a pacer. Yeah, I think it's great, and and I'm all I mean, and just from the practical sense for the franchise, like that, you know, he didn't walk, you know that that yeah, you know, we're glad to have him, and then we're glad that the that there was just like no, you know, just massive hit on the sort of assets that the team has, and so I think it's it's, uh, yeah, like I said, like we said before, it's it's a. You know, pretty much a, a win all around for everybody. So, um, you know, probably a good chance to think it's a, shout out Carlisle for papering over Bjorkgren disaster as well as can be done, right? Because right, <laughs> it's it's hard to imagine anyone staying with this franchise after uh, a couple of very turbulent years. So, Bleak. Yeah. yeah, and shout out to Miles for sticking it out. And I, you know, I, I hope he feels well rewarded for his for his effort and his contributions because. And I, I know that stuff wasn't easy. It wasn't even easy as a fan. I can't imagine being in that locker room. <laughs> um, I think it's a good time to, to take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back in the next half. I do want to talk a little bit about the uh, the NBA All-Stars. There's uh, some discussion, I think, that hits, hits close to home on that. And, um, you know, got a little bit more for you in the second half. We'll be back in a moment. <laughs>
are back from the break. First thing coming out of the break, I do want to give you a stat of the week. Joey, stat of the week. This week, I learned about this reading a book a, a couple uh, weeks ago. I did a little bit more research specifically into this topic, but um, this is about the the concept that the Soviet Union uh, rolled out in the 20s, 30s, and 40s called Neprevka. Have you guys, you guys heard about this before? They mm-hmm. uh, they decided that they wanted their populace to be more productive. You know, they had the the two days off a week, and that was not that's not ideal when you want a uh, a very productive society. So they just decided to um, implement what was called essentially the continuous working week. And what they did was, you know, most of the jobs that people have now, you know, I mean, a lot of them are Monday to Friday. Other ones are not. But, uh, you know, the the schedule is made up by your employer and and all that good stuff. Um, but the Soviet government just decided they were a better choice. Uh, they were a better decider of who had what days off. And they implemented this. And... They also uh, to 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 squeeze out a little bit more productivity from the folks. They decided um, seven day week was was not not up to to snuff. So they just decided uh, the weeks are now five days. You get a five day week, and you get one of those days off. And then they've done a couple. They did a couple hmm. variations of those. They did a six a six day work week and a seven day week as well later. Um, but they, um, because over time they re- they were realizing that the the people not a f- not big fans of this. Um, but I think the thing that was the most interesting was um, on these ones where the that the folks had their their day off was essentially you know sort of randomly assigned, and that way they um, you know the 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 days off were were spread out sort of equally. Um, but the problem was, of course. Oh, there was a problem with this. Oh, do tell. <laughs> Sorry, a, a problem. <laughs> one of the problems was that you, on your day off, you had a day off every week, and it was likely that your spouse did was, not have the same day off. It was not the weekend. <laughs> well, it wasn't the weekend. There was weekend. no it such was, thing anymore. There was no weekend, but also, yeah. So your 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 loved ones. Your friends, your family, they probably didn't have the same day off. So you didn't get to do anything with them anymore on their days off. Yeah. You got but to Joey, see them. What's more important, work or your family? I mean, obviously work. So state, work, yeah. family. I mean, everybody right, knows that. Right. Mother Russia is most Mother important. Russia. <laughs> and it seemed like another part of this was was really trying to stamp out organized religion because um, there you weren't off, you know, the Sundays, I guess, you know, they still had services, but you probably couldn't go because you're probably at work. So, you know, they lost so, a little popularity there. I don't know if I misunderstood this, but okay. They went from a seven day week to a five day week. Does this mean they just made new calendar, like a whole new calendar you, system? You gotta love statism, right? They were just like, wow. 
our our metrics aren't good. Let's change the calendar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. change how we keep time. <laughs> and this may so this may not shock you. Uh, I'll put a link in our in our chat here. But they yes, so yes, they had a new calendar, and there was color coding. Uh, for the days that that the the people had off, and guess what? These were provided by the the government. the the uh, The calendar, the work calendars were were provided. Oh, well, so everybody, that's nice of them to do that. Yeah. Nice. So they look pretty cool. I mean, you know, as far as these things go, you get some uh, some hammers, some sickles, and uh, some some you know pretty nice design. I, I gotta say. The, the six-day working week, week was called Shestinevka. Uh, okay. So, yeah. And then eventually they go back to seven days, but only after they broke everyone's brain. So Yes, 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 yes. So, um, <laughs> shout out to the Soviet government for just, just pulling the rug out from your society. <laughs> <laughs> gosh so weird i i didn't realize that was an option you know like to i mean for most countries it's not i mean hey look time is a social contract construct i will be the first to admit that um true it's just funny to see it toyed with (laughs) yeah Yeah, cavalier way interesting yeah yeah so uh, we'll put a little link in the show notes uh, about some of the specifics. Um, but yeah, I, I had never heard about this before. It was, uh, you know, I think I, I sort of ran into this because in a book I was reading, it's kind of about yeah, time being a, a construct. Uh, and here's an example as to how that is. So you can just change it. <laughs> well, what's wild? I mean, it seems like if I'm reading these calendars correctly, and I don't think I am <laughs> because they're in Cyrillic, but. The, it seems like the month they kept the the dates on the calendar were the same, right. which yeah. I'm assuming they had to do because they still need to interact with the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, but then they so somehow like, just went to like a base five on their 12 month calendar. Right? It's like <laughs> exactly. it's just happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. So every right, yeah. So every fifth day was your your whatever your day off and so um yeah so there's just a five a five day rolling cycle yeah and you just hope that you and your wife get assigned sickle (laughs) (laughs) right 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 right. because i made it look like a chore chart everybody's assigned a different group yeah (laughs) or or maybe you don't maybe maybe you want a different day off than the wife maybe that's you know maybe that's how it is yeah piotr's household Maybe, but you know, it, it's a long like. Seems, there's no seems like changing it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, like it's yeah. like it's like oh well, it's like this for the next ten years. So yeah. we'll never be able to go on vacation. There's no, nothing. Yeah, but, you know, it feels like a yeah it's... vacation, Joey. Get out! Oh, here. you're hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Anyway, shout That's out awesome. to. Shout out to the Soviet Union. Shout out commies. How they, how are they doing, by the way? Great. They're yeah. They they're they're holding on strong. Good, good, good. All right. Um, I think so this time of year, 
we we like to talk about the the NBA All Stars. The All Star Game is coming up here relatively soon. Um, we're I think we're we're past the halfway point of the season, right? Uh, oh yeah, games well past. played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the All Star All Star Game coming up. The All Star starters have been announced. Uh, on the West, we have Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, Zion Williamson, and the captain and top vote getter LeBron James in his 19th All-Star game. In the East, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, and captain Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, first, I guess we want to say, I guess I want to see you know, this is uh, this just these are just the starters. But uh, Harper, how do you feel about these guys? Do you think these are the five best players in in each conference, or do you think they're the five most popular in each conference? I mean, it's mostly both. Um, so, just a quick all star refresher. So the voting happens along. Uh, just two lines. So two guards, three front court players per squad. It's voted on in th- uh, by three categories of you know humans, players, fans, and media. And they weight those. So um, the top fan rankings in the West went to LeBron and Steph, of course. And the top player ranks went to <laughs> Luka <laughs> and Jokic. Um, as you might expect. Um, and then the media weighed in and also went with Luka and Jokic. Um, and they did pretty good in the West. Like Zion was kind of the outlier here. He was third in player rank, fourth in fan rank, fourth in media rank. A lot of that probably having to do with Anthony Davis. But that guy has missed a ton of time this season. Um, so sort of understandable to my mind. Um on the East, the fans picked Kyrie and Giannis. The players picked Kyrie and Giannis. Uh, the media picked Tatum and uh, Tatum and Mitchell, which is sort of interesting. Um, I could have lived without Kyrie Irving, but I could always live without Kyrie Irving. It's hard to it's hard to deny Kevin Durant, but that team just hasn't played so well that I need. Two of their starters on my all-star team. Mm-hmm. And Halliburton's better than everyone. True. Full stop. So. JT, what do you feel about these uh, the starters? I mean, it does seem weird that Joel Embiid is leading the league in scoring. And his team is like pretty much top in the east but he's not an all-star yeah. starter and he's got to carry <laughs> around james harden with him yeah right <laughs> like that's Yoda the one that back, that's yeah. the one that stood out to me the most and i mean i guess i'm just naive or like i don't i don't understand why Kyrie Irving is so popular i don't understand i mean i suppose i understand within nba circles like i've heard that he is everybody loves Kyrie Irving but why is he getting the most fan votes? I don't understand. I, I mean, honestly, what shocked me there is that his media rank was four. So he's 114. His weighted average is 1.75. Like, 
I don't know. I it, it makes me think I'm actually the outlier here. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Right? I'm not really sure. great. And, and like, look, I, I don't doubt his basketball genius at all. It is amazing. And he has played a lot more basketball this year than he did last year already. Um, this is true. But I, but shouldn't he get penalized I, at some level for missing 10 of his team's games because you. of his of, of a self-created problem? And like, most of last year because of a self-created yeah. problem. I just, it's ridiculous. if I were a Nets fan, I would be upset. I'm not a Nets fan and I'm still kind of upset. I just, it's, <laughs> right. it's not great. So yeah, I would have liked to see somebody else in that slot. No question, Embiid is the guy who got walked over. It's, it's you know, I, I would have put him in for, I, I probably would have put him in for Durant, but Tatum actually scored out the lowest um, of any Eastern player, being fourth in player rank, third in fan rank, uh, but number one with the media. Uh, sweet, sweet East Coast bias. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he deserved a nod. <laughs> he's, <laughs> I, I, he, he's one of yeah, the five I mean, best players the in the East. The yeah, quarter of the like season. Yeah. Bizarre that, that that didn't work out for him somehow. I read a Bleacher Report article that argued that uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo should not have been included in the starters. I also read that. I saw, I saw that too. Which I thought was insane. Like, of those three guys, <laughs> he's the one who definitely deserves to be there. Yeah, like, and it, it was a very wonky um, diss on his true shooting percentage and his, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. adjusted <laughs> box plus minus or something like that. It was like, yeah, but have you watched him play? Yeah, like, exactly. When it, he plays the like game, the guy's a man Yeah, some of these numbers were down from... You know, because it's not constantly getting better in every category every year that, yeah, you know, get out of here. Yeah, he failed the Moore's <laughs> Law test. He's no longer showing exponential growth, so. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. He's a cell. Uh, cell. <laughs> get this out of here. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, and, I, and I, I'm also okay with putting Zion Williamson as a starter in the All-Star game. Like, I mean... Yeah, I guess in the Western Conference there weren't. I mean, if anybody, Lowry Markinen, I think should, should have mm-hmm. been. Uh, I, I was going to give a little shout out to Damanis Sabonis or, right here. Or Domas. I mean, yeah, he's got a sure. really yeah. good case for the All Star game this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I would have been thrilled to see him in there. I you know, I was a little surprised that you know Zion ended up third in fan voting. I mean, I guess he plays in a small market. All the same, he's just such a dynamic player. Who doesn't want to see that guy in an all-star game? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Right. And, and plus, yeah, like I Domas mean. is like Domas is like a player's player, right? He's he's not you know he's not gonna run down and get above the rim and throw it down. Like he's just he's not an all-star. Like yeah, he was like ninth in fan voting. Or yeah, something, so. yeah, he's, uh, he's not the most exciting dude to watch. And not yeah, <laughs> exactly. But his IQ and like what what he actually brings to the game is all-star worthy all day. He'll be. A, a reserve no question about it um, you think there's a version of uh you know there's there's a multiverse where on sports center like instead of dunks they're showing like <laughs> the, the top IQ screen assists of the game or something yeah. <laughs> the best hockey assist <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah oh and like uh, in in timmy duncan is probably uh, revered as a god there Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
this might also coincide highly with, you know, the communists winning the Cold War. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think that you think they have all a that's a in the same multiverse? Mm-hmm. Wow. I think we got a TV show on our hands, yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think you said, Harper, that um, the day that this podcast comes out, Thursday the 2nd, they'll re- reveal the reserves right so we'll know who got snubbed out of that and i think most of these guys that we mentioned as starter snubs are certainly going to be picked for the the real all-star game itself so i guess our boy tyrese right has the best shot as uh, a he's pacer be there. yeah you would think I, yeah. he's man he's been so good but I mean, yeah. there are a slew of good guards in the Eastern. There's Conference, a lot of competition. So. He's, there's no. I mean, no yeah, Jalen Brown, Harden's always a. Jimmy uh, Jimmy Butler's running around out there. Is he listed as a two or yeah. a three? I think he's listed as a forward. Uh, but Demar Derozan, Trey Young, you know, Darius Garland having a heck of a season. Yeah, Garland. A, a little good. overshadowed by Mitchell, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, Butler's listed as a front court guy. Okay, well, yeah, small victories, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Hey, do you guys want to do a quick under Googleable? Yeah, sure. I'll do one. Hit me. All right. Oh, are we doing under Googleables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to. You said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. It's been a while since we've done this. So uh, Jill actually came up with this one. So we were reading a book to Ethan, and it's about... Um, uh how how we're we're the same and we're different that's the title of the book and so it's like you oh, yeah. know you're, i got that i got that you, book you got that book okay cool mm-hmm. so there's they're talking about our noses are different and so they show pictures of different noses but then they're like our noses are the same they smell and they sneeze and whatever and in that picture there's like uh like a mom and a a kid then there's a truck going by and they're like holding their noses they're like Ugh. Jill's like describing it to Ethan. So he's like, they're just saying, ah, oh, P.U. That stinks. Mm. And she wondered, why do we say P.U.? What does that mean? And why does it refer to oh, stinkiness? That is a good one. Yeah. The only, it's like my, my primary context for P.U. was from high school. I remember okay. our Spanish class. <laughs> P.U. Ganja. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember if it was right Watch after lunch out, or senora what. Senora Finken. Yeah, Senora Finken. She came in and she was like, oh, P.U. Gancha. She started spraying like Glade air freshener. Did crazy. somebody smoke weed in your class? No, but they definitely did it in the bathroom and like the whole oh, okay. room reeked. And then just walked straight to yeah, class. Yeah, just walked I straight see. to okay. class. Yeah. We weren't that subtle at Broderpool. <laughs> they probably... They, you know what? They they closed that school down not long after that. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. Jason was the only reason that we were uh, still a school for a while. And after he graduated, <laughs> they were like, screw this. The, uh, so 
I my first instinct was it that it was like a version of onomatopoeia, oh. but like, but like, why would you yell "pu" <laughs> when something's like that? Just sense, and it's a scent. It doesn't make a sound. Right. It's not like so. If we were to write it, how would we write it? Okay, well, so that's... good, good question. The way I wrote it in my notes for under Google was P E E E E U W W W. That's the way I generally think about it, but then you, it also could just be the letters, right? You know? Like, yeah. So maybe that well, makes it like maybe it's it's the, an abbreviation for for something, something right. that's a little bit, you know more colorful that maybe you wouldn't say to children was my thought, but I don't know what, I don't know what that would be. Not a lot of, uh, curse words started with E and U. No. Unctuous. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to go ultra going Latin here. (laughs) Perfume. Ugly. Yeah, and I don't. Uh, I'm struggling here. I I don't know. And this predated I, cartoon I, skunks, as far as we know, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, like b- before Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. He got mm. canceled. Good question. Uh, related to our senior uh, comment, <laughs> is this an international term for stinkiness, or do you think she picked that up after she mm. came to the states? Uh, I, I, I'm gonna say that it, it, it or some version of it. I mean, I, I bet most cultures have something, right? And it's yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's close. I can't imagine because I'm with you. That like, there's no onomatopoeia to be had. Like, it's not like oink or you know what I mean. There's- well, and even so, we've learned that, or I guess Joe probably knew this, but. Uh, <laughs> When Ethan learns the sounds of animals at his Spanish school, they're completely they're different. Totally different. Than... But they, they, they <laughs> yeah. at least make sense, kind of, right? Like a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah Chinese ones are like that too. You know, yeah. like yeah, some of them. Yeah, I don't know. Like, not I don't follow but, you know, most of them. Yeah, that's a whole another branch of study. So yeah. So, so our best guess so far is that it's an abbreviation. For something uh, colorful, or it came from Pepe Le Pew. But I, I just, I had just always started. assumed that Pepe Le Pew was named for Pew. Right, was cleverly named after. Yeah, it. yeah exactly. Now, now Pew, Pew has meaning as a word. Pew, as in like the thing you sit in in church. Yeah, and you know people fart there, and they can't go anywhere. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Okay. We know a yeah. Florida man named Pew. Yeah, we do know a Florida man named Pew. Who also Shout farts. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, gassy man. Gassy Florida man. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm stumped. Uh, so, w- uh, I mean, do we want to guess at a time frame? This is normally where we go next, I think, is... Yeah, that might help us. I mean, things. I feel like my I'm thinking 1800s ish. Oh, really? Okay. 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 Yeah. I think it's, it's something than that. Some, because I think everything stunk until 
Yeah. <laughs> we had generally wide. We had Clued. indoor plumbing. Yeah. And like. I mean, even hygiene. after that, I mean, it's like. Yeah, exactly. And for so breeze. I'm saying like the 40s or something like that. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking that maybe it's like um, from like the film noir era or mm-hmm, something like mm-hmm. that, where everything everything is abbreviated, like things are on the QT or like. Mm. I went to their house and it was really PU. <laughs> you know I mean? Okay. Okay. So when things stink, you definitely hold your nose. Is there anything that could get us to PU? Like another word <laughs> that like sounds different. With the nose plug it, thing happening? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I like that. I like that philosophy or theory. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I got nothing there either. What are, What were you thinking time-wise, Harper? I, I, I think I'm closer to you. I, I just, I, you know, I like, I mean, dude, in, in like 1880s Chicago, there was like a layer of horse dung a foot tall. You know what I mean? Like, I, how do you differentiate smelly from not smelly like it's just i don't know i mean I, uh, yeah i in, think i saw in a, fairness that's urban life but i saw a picture like just an early photograph from brooklyn and there was like just a dead horse on the street <laughs> yeah like that's the thing they just freaking leave it there yeah. there was no animal control yeah, they'll come they'll come by eventually somebody but like i mean the rats and they not Maybe. today. <laughs> yeah. The dogs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so maybe it was the reverse. Maybe everything was so stinky that it started out, if something smelled good, it was perfumed up. Mm, and, okay. Uh, <laughs> and so it was like uh, that was the thing that stood out. Yeah. And then eventually it got flipped, maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, so if something is perfumed up, you made you perfumed it up because it stank. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm. Yep. I like it. I'm going with it. Let's go with that. Going chips go in. It's. I mean, if it's perfume, does it have to be French? No. Okay. Because uh, we we adopted that word from them very early on. I think. Fair yeah. So I think it's. Yeah. I think it's Chicago. uh let's see okay so according to grammar phobia well this this is according to mental floss who's saying according to grammar phobia the exclamation likely derives from the early 17th century word pew which the oxford english dictionary defines as expressing contempt disgust or derision it's also been spelled pew p-u-e p-e-u-h p-e-u-g-h and even p-y-o-o the theory is that people drew it out over two syllables for added flair so wiktionary um, has possible etymologies from Spanish foo, F-U, an interjection indicating disgust, or from French pue, which P-U-E-R, I'm assuming that's pue, um, mm-hmm. which is to stink. Um, huh, interesting, okay. Yeah, I'm seeing some that are from languages with Latin roots, uh, like 
with words like sort of uh, uh, putrer, like put, like putrid, basically, but ah, um, which means okay. to, to rot. So, like other things like pus. Yeah. And okay. the and so I'm looking yeah on the mental floss article at the bottom it's saying that the letters P U have been associated with stench at least as far back as ancient Rome. Oh wow. We were way off. <laughs> Freaking Romans started everything, man. And we're, we're certainly no strangers to stank. <laughs> Right. If there's a, yeah, it's not doesn't seem. Huh. It's not cut and dry, but it's not. There's definitely some question about it, but what? there's lots of stuff like that clearly, overlaps. Like, interestingly, a uh, word or words that meant bad spelling. Yeah, or bad smelling. That's a, yeah. That's a really interesting. That's a really good one. Uh, funk, yeah. meaning bad smell, has been around since the early 17th century. Uh, I it think is related to a French word, funkier. I'm quite sure funk's only smoke. been around since the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's got the funk? <laughs> we got the funk. We okay. got the funk. All right, cool. Thanks, thanks for uh, humoring yeah, me about that. Thanks, Joe. That was a good one. That was that was good. I'm. Uh, and it does not seem well. Certainly not limited to the United States. This is a, you know, uh, it covers much, much more than yeah than than just that. Everybody has noses, so apparently everyone has some sort of interjection for ugh. <laughs> and that book, that book, uh, Jason is. Uh, I like that one. It's a fun one. There's there's a lot going on in the background of uh, yeah. that book. It's like a Sesame Street book, right? Yep. Yeah. So uh, there's a bunch of stuff going on. I, I I'm not at all uh, sure that he 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 gets uh, most of what's going on, but he likes the pictures, and he likes uh, I don't know. He's a, he's a big he's a big book book guy i mean in fairness that describes most of my life too and i'm considerably older than your son so <laughs> <laughs> we've got him on a, a program through the library it's called 1000 books before kindergarten and he wow. is uh, uh 300 books in dude so, awesome wow. yeah it's amazing yeah but turns out kids books are real short so yeah right Fair point. I mean, we, still a lot of words. It is a lot of yeah. words. So, yeah. I, I feel not that confident that I've read a thousand books. I mean, I'm sure that somehow or other that happened, but. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, before bed, you know, there's usually three because they're, you know, they're ten pages long and. And you blow through. Also, sometimes he just he's saying, "Hey, you know what? We're done with this page. We're, we're done with this. <laughs> <laughs> just move it along, Dad." Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Well, team, I think that's a good time to call it. Uh, I think that's a fun one, and I'm glad that everyone was here with us. We'll be back with you next week, 
Until then, you can hit us up on social media. We're on Twitter at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. We're on TheUndebeatables.com. There's also a contact form there. You can use that to send us a message. You can email us. Shout out at TheUndebeatables.com. And at the website slash store, you can buy a shirt in this medium variety. And for the architect, Donnie Walsh, and uh, Mr. P-Funk himself, the <laughs> our uh, once and always Hall of Fame head coach, Bobby Slick Leonard, turn out the lights, <laughs> the party's over, <laughs> get funky now. Nice. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, you know, I mentioned the the uh, the social media ones. I I've been I, I jumped over and I'm, I've been uh, if you guys have heard of Mastodon, yeah, the, yeah. So I've been uh, you know checking that a little bit. But my favorite account over there that I just cannot get enough of is uh, the the name is Riker Googling, and it's uh, Commander Riker from Star Trek, nice. and it's just supposedly his, uh, his Google searches. Right? It's his Google searches. <laughs> And it's if you like Star Trek, man, I tell you what, oh, like it's, that's amazing. This one says, so this this uh, this Google says, uh, <laughs> shields up keyboard shortcut. Uh, <laughs> Snapchat Klingon forehead filter. One <laughs> <laughs> <It> just says. <laughs> <laughs> Rikers Island. <laughs> uh, oh man, <laughs> what is reversing polarity? <laughs> How many of those Star Trek episodes? It was just like, if we just reversed the polarity, we could. Oh, I love it. So. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Preventing holographic pregnancies. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I knew there was going to be some some stuff about blue women in there somewhere. So, yeah. <laughs> also, I like this one. Why do musketeers? Maybe this could be an undegoogable. But why do musketeers use swords, not muskets? Hey, Jill and I were literally just having that conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, because she was asking who the Pacers were playing this week, and I was like, oh, the Lakers, the Kings, and the Cavaliers. And she's like, what's a Cavalier? And I was like, oh, that's kind of like a musketeer. And she's like, <laughs> they're like swordsmen, you know? And she's like, wait, don't musketeers use muskets? Yeah. Good question. Really good question. Stay tuned for yep. next week. And the last one is one that I ask myself every once in a while is how do I know if, how do I know if I'm in the wrong timeline? <laughs> <laughs> uh, answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs>